This is the Unintelligent Chat Show, a place for chuckles and a podcast for the curious. Here, Rob and Lloyd attempt to teach you something new every week and invariably fall short. Over to you, gentlemen. You want to knock us off? Knock us off? <laughs> just, want us off? just want to bash one out? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I will bash out episode two. Welcome <laughs> to the silliest episode, the silliest podcast on the internet. Uh, welcome all, one and all, to the... Uh, this is going well. It's the Unintelligent Chat Show podcast, if he had it You're fired from introducing. <laughs> nah, I'm, on. I'm in. We did it. Uh, it is season three, episode two, and we are thrilled to be back bringing you chuckles and interesting things. I am Rob, and you are Lloyd, and that is me. Hello. That, and there is something that happens after this bit. It is uh, an email we got. Two nope. episodes in, uh, yes, it's drinks. What are you drinking today, Rob? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, due to the huge success of last week's episode, uh, I'm and the fact that it's real cold here, I am crushing through the red wine train again. It is delicious. I'm glad I this new this new classy. I'm gonna get you a UCS velvet drinking jacket for oh. you to drink your red wines in. Shouldn't have said that. That's so that's way too good a present. Yeah, I bought a velvet drinking jacket. <laughs> drinking jacket. It's all I'll expect now. Uh, what are you What are you drinking? Are you Are you bringing the class? Well, it's post breakfast now. It's like mid morning snack time. Um, as the Brits, I don't know if it's a British thing. My mum says elevensies. You say that? Uh, no. No, it must be a mum thing. We have elevensies, little nice. snacks. So I'm having an elevensies Guinness. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's so, yeah. S- so suitable for all occasions. It's the every beer. Yeah, I really didn't, ex- didn't expect it, though. This is caught me by surprise. Keep Keeping you on your toes. On my toesies. Uh, so as Lloyd entirely messed up before... <laughs> Worked it out. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're keeping it. Uh, we have more mail to get through, which we are absolutely thrilled about. So... Uh, this email is from uh, my wonderful friend. Uh, man, I was going to say Jolene. We call her Jolene, but in Belgian, her, her name is Jolene. I thought you'd forgotten her name for a second. <laughs> my <is> friend. <laughs> uh... Uh, this is an email from Jolene, and it reads as such. Hi, guys. In case it is Rob opening this email, hi, Rob, and say hi to M for me. I did, uh, and it was great, so she says hi back. Uh, in case it is Lloyd. Hi, Lloyd. I'm Rob's Belgian friend from the time he went on exchange in Uppsala. So at this point, she's just finished episode four of season two of the podcast. And I heard how happy you guys were with your first email. So I wanted to bring some extra joy and also send one. Have you felt extra joy, Lloyd? I I can't even measure my joy. Wow. Immeasurable joy. You crushed it, Jolene. So a couple of weeks ago... Uh, I decided I am joining this big walking event on the 12th of August in Belgium where you have to walk 100 kilometers, which means that I am doing a lot of walking since then and your podcast is the perfect company. People see me walking and giggling out loud once in a while. Ha ha. So I'm a big fan. That literally means the world. Thanks. Yes. Yes. God, life success. Uh, Continue chuckling and continue walking. Uh, There is another reason she's sending this email because you guys wanted some criticism as well winky face which is always keeps dangerous. us grounded ah, it does i have some extra kit kat information which i assume is relevant to episode four of season two and i'm not going to go back and check but we did talk about kit kats 
at some uh, point. It was a whole episode. Yeah, there's more to talk about actually, and it is not clickbait. I swear. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so Rob, please don't get angry. Which, as besides the fact that Kit Kat is your favorite chocolate, also new to me, angry Rob is also new. So <laughs> sorry. Sometimes I get angry. <laughs> Warning in capital letters. It does not give you happy vibes about Kit Kat, so I don't want to spoil the fun. <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> but here's a whole paragraph about it. Yeah. So before my career switch to my job now, I worked at Nestle. So when I was doing my research online before my interview for that job, I found the article, Why Nestle is the Most Hated Company in the World, which is upsetting if you want to go and work there. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Basically, it's a long list of protests against the company, and one of them involves Kit Kat. We talked about, or you guys talked about the slogan, have a break, have a Kit Kat. Well, Greenpeace used, give the orangutan a break. And it was because they used palm oil in Kit Kat and basically every other product, uh, which is a big reason, uh, huge reason for deforestation, destruction of habitat and all things that the UCS is in fact against. Um, So that was very upsetting. Uh, And I think you're right, Jolene. But I also think recently-ish, Kit Kat has joined a cocoa alliance, which is potentially not to do with palm oil. That requires further reading. So I think their cocoa is sustainably sourced, but you may still be right on the palm oil fact, which you're right, is upsetting. How does one join a cocoa alliance? I want it. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I want it. I don't have any cocoa to give, but I'm happy to share. Uh, so I hope you guys like the information in the email once again totally love the podcast and also the point where Lloyd's mum came on the show she sounds so nice she is she's very nice thanks (laughs) thanks Yolene yeah lots of love all the way from Belgium kind regards that's heaps better than the guy from the last episode zero regards kind regards don't even remember his name Dodders or something Dobbs or Dobbs thanks Jolene thank you so much for your mail Uh, it was most excellent and also upsetting that Kit Kat's full of palm oil because it's so delicious. Yeah, that's devastating for you. Now, I have a complaint. Could future emails contain slightly fewer words, please? But continue to send them <laughs> just with slightly fewer words. I need to, I need a drink. <laughs> what is this, a lecture? <laughs> Am I supposed to be reading textbooks here? Yeah, we're in charge. We do the talking. <laughs> yeah. We covered this last episode. We're 100% in charge. Yeah. So send us more mail, but remember, we're in charge. <laughs> oh, it's really man. important to us that you don't forget that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, thanks, Yoli. And Indeed. please, uh, the UCS podcast at gmail.com, keep them coming in. Now, Lloyd, how far apart are we sitting right now? Rob, we are 10,744,252.87 Mark Twain. <laughs> Mark about. Twain, who I think is some kind of writer. Uh, which 0.13 did you leave behind? Uh, well, not his shins. I brought his shins. I left the top of his head behind. <laughs> it's just, just the top. It's like a, it's like a bowl <laughs> cut, except you severed it. <laughs> <laughs> just from like the eyes up. <laughs> All the other Mark Twains were horrified. <laughs> All right, Rob, why, why is that segue loosely relevant? Uh, because this week I cut off someone's head. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Twain bit was entirely irrelevant. <laughs> oh, God. That is relevant, Lloyd, because I did not murder anybody. This week, I... Look, to be honest, I didn't really learn anything. But I basically just spent a lot of time looking up uh, 
just like the sickest insults from from people in history just where yeah were, it was kind of a unique one yeah a little bit different i just stumbled across this uh post that was like here are sick burns from history and i was like yeah those are some pretty sick burns i wonder if there are any more and and here we are so i'm just there's like not even any things to unpack i'm just going to read you a bunch of them if that's cool rattle them off riddle rattle riddle <laughs> So I feel like okay? it is crash. Yeah, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of it comes from the fact that these are insults from like, they're from like writers and uh, well-cultured people that have a way with words. Humorists do tend to drink a lot. Maybe we should drink more. <laughs> you had me a drink more. That was the last thing you said. <laughs> that's the last thing I said. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention until then. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> Oh, man. (laughs) All right. So you mentioned Mark Twain. So here are some of Mark Twain's sickest burns. Mark Twain, speaking of the wife of poet Thomas Bailey Aldridge. Was Mark Twain American or English? He was American. He was born in Missouri Missouri or Mississippi. One of them. One of the M's. So like South? Yeah, he's he's Southern. I'm just wondering what accent to do all these quotes in. All right. Oh, I'd go for the colonel. Yeah, <laughs> always the girl. <laughs> Mark Twain on the wife of poet Thomas Bailey Aldridge. I do not believe I could learn to like her except on a raft at sea with no other provisions in sight. <laughs> He's going to eat her. He's going to uh, straight up eat her. Yeah, yeah, she's food. That's <laughs> pretty good. A couple other from Mark Twain. Mark Twain on the news, and I resonate with this. The trouble is that the stupid people who constitute the grand overwhelming majority of this and all other nations do believe and are molded and convinced by what they get out of a newspaper. It's not really a burn on news, is it? It's just a burn on humanity. Yeah, always. We're pro-burns on humanity. Yeah, I think this is probably my favorite one from him. Uh, It was him commenting on a book by another writer, Henry James, and the book had been like critically acclaimed. Everyone was into it. And he just goes... Once you put it down, you simply cannot pick it up. <laughs> it's like, I think that's quite a cool twist on that. Yeah. It's, it's Once so I picked simple. it up, I couldn't put it down. <laughs> yeah. And then we move on to Oscar Wilde. Where, Good one. Where was he from? <laughs> My history is bad. Uh, Britain? <laughs> I think he, he was born in Ireland. Is, oh, I can't I do don't know Irish where accent. he grew up. I don't think he was Irish, though. He was born... Um, oh, no. He's described as an Irish poet. Um, and his his full name is Oscar Fingal O'Flaherty Wills Wild. Wow. Yeah. I'm not going to do an accent for it, then. Uh, I'll just make one up. Uh, make him... Make him... Indian. German. Nope. <laughs> Indian. <laughs> German. That, no, no, that would take away from his words. So... Uh, in in the picture of Dorian Gray, there's an insult. She's a peacock in everything but beauty. <laughs> Burn. Uh, Oscar Wilde describing Bernard Shaw, another playwright. He's an excellent man. He has no enemies and none of his friends like him. <laughs> uh, and then on another artist, James Whistler, Oscar Wilde said, Popularity is the only insult that has not yet been offered to Mr. Whistler. <laughs> uh, of course, there is the great Sir Winston Churchill, uh, who is probably one of the most well-known, famous disher-outer of insults. 
Disheratur, I like that. Disheratero. Speaking to Lady Asta, Asta said, If I were married to you, I'd put poison in your coffee. And Churchill, if I were married to you, I'd drink it. <laughs> so good. Yeah, so good. So apparently, good. it was attributed to him, famously attributed to him. But um, apparently, it was traced back to, it was like a, a newspaper joke in some Chicago paper. Mm. So he, he stole it, which is fine. I think he executed it well. Yeah, I think it's not... There's, there's Burns that are clever, like Mark Twain's were... He wrote them. He had time to think about yeah. them. And Winnie, that's on the spot. He's just pulling it out. It's just come to him, yeah. Uh, the other famous one is when he is berated for being drunk by another MP, Bessie Braddock, who says, Winston, you're drunk. And Churchill goes, my dear, you are ugly, but tomorrow I shall be sober and you will still be ugly. Eat <laughs> <laughs> shit, Bessie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Churchill had plenty of plenty of other things to say, but um, Barack Obama is next on my list. After mm-hmm. everyone's favorite person, Sarah Palin, made a quip that the only difference between a pit bull and a soccer mom is lipstick. Barack goes, "God, I wish I could do a good Barack Obama accent." We watched um, we watched a show narrated. I by- thought this was the quote. <laughs> <laughs> Barack Obama. God, I wish I could do a good Barack Obama accent. <laughs> it was like, you could probably nail it, my guy. <laughs> Self-burn. Those are rare. <laughs> anyway, he says, uh, this is uh, to Sarah Palin. You can put lipstick on a pig. It's still a pig. <laughs> Sarah. Uh, Liberace, who is like a singer uh, in response to a negative review on his latest album. Thank you for your very amusing review. After reading it, I laughed all the way to the bank. Because <laughs> he's still making millions. So much. I mean, I don't know how much money Liberace makes. All right. Was he opera? Opera singers make a lot? Nah. He was just an American singer. I don't know why he was called Liberace. Uh, it sounds like he should be an opera, right? But I, I know. I think my brain just linked them. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, how do you feel about Robbie Williams? Oh, I love Robbie Williams. <laughs> How do you feel about Noel Gallagher? <laughs> love Noel Gallagher. Oh, really? Well, well, love, hate. Love to hate him. He's a terrible person. Noel Gallagher talking yeah. about Robbie Williams. Oh, you mean that fat dancer from Take That? He's <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. Yeah. Oh, good. I have to assume you looked up some sick burns as well. Oh, and um, my last one before I, I, I handball to you from a friend of the podcast, Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, on the British, oh, yeah? on the British, on the British ambassador at the time, <laughs> he has a. I don't. I love this one. He has a mind that functions at six guinea pig power. <laughs> like he's imagined this. Like like six. I assume six guinea pigs running around on wheels, powering this guy's brain. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, that was really good. Good old Teddy, big fan. So I have I have a couple. I didn't do historical savagery because Ooh. there's. There's like there's a there's a, a lot of famous ones and I I figured that we might have crossover and I wanted to hear yours for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I did find one that was a good comeback though. Is a uh, Robert Benchley is a columnist uh, outside a hotel said, uh-huh. "My good man, would you please get me a taxi?" And a uniformed man said, "I'm not a doorman. I happen to be a rear admiral in the United States Navy." <laughs> and he goes, "All right then, get me a battleship." <laughs> Butts. <laughs> Um, so I did a uh, dumbest thing said in history. 
Oh, yeah, perfect. Hit me. This one is... Uh, I'll give you the quote first for this one. I like Mackie's haircut. I think he looks cute. The reason that's dumb is because it was said by Mackie, <laughs> pretending to be someone else online. That is the CEO of Whole Foods. Really? Yeah, really wow. cringy. Wow. Yeah, because I was like, who's this Mackie guy? <laughs> this doesn't yeah. make a lot of... Just dude? <laughs> well, he was investigated because he used screen names online and like did a bunch of market manipulation and then also just commented on his cute haircut (laughs) (laughs) what a guy um you'll probably know who said this one there's an old saying in tennessee i know it's in texas probably in tennessee that says fool me once shame uh shame shame on you fool me you you can't get fooled again (laughs) (laughs) michael scott just george bush oh is it oh no Wow, I, that's that's how I feel about him. I compared him to Michael Scott. To Michael, that's a very fair comparison. Yeah. Uh, Christine Aguilera said, "Where is the Cannes Film Festival being held this year?" <laughs> Come uh, on, lady. Fucking idiot. Whoa. Uh, and George. <laughs> George Gobelk said, "If it weren't for electricity, we'd all be watching TV by candlelight." <laughs> I get the feeling that was said more in jest, but still funny. Yeah. Nah, he's an idiot. Fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's as good as our burns get. We don't have the words. Fucking idiot. No, we're not witty. What did we say? Humorists. Humorists. Columnists. Solemnists. But yeah, that's hot young women sleepwalking, right? Mm. Doesn't everybody love a (laughs) solemnibist? Ay, ay, ay. I I missed one. It was on the second page and it is well worth a read. So, this is back in time when the Ottoman Empire is uh, at the height of its power and they are asking, it's a letter or a couple of letters sent from the Sultan, Sultan Mehmed IV of the Ottoman Empire, Empire, uh, sent to some a group of Cossacks that they were, you know, going to crush or invade. And the letter nice. is like this. As the Sultan, son of Muhammad, brother of the sun and moon, grandson and viceroy of God, ruler of the kingdoms of Macedonia, Babylon, Jerusalem, Upper and Lower Egypt, Emperor of Emperors, Sovereign of Sovereigns, Extraordinary Knight, Never Defeated, Steadfast Guardian of the Tomb of Jesus Christ, Trustee Chosen by God Himself, The Hope and Comfort of Muslims, Confounder and Great Defender of Christians, I command you, the Zaporogian Cossacks, to submit to me voluntarily and without any resistance, and to desist from troubling me with your attacks. This guy thinks he is hot shit. Wow, yeah, he thinks really highly of it. started off cool, and he just kept going. And I was yeah. like, all right, all right, we get you it. You sound like an asshole now. Yeah. Uh, the Cossacks, unperturbed, responded, in kind. O Sultan, Turkish devil and damned devil's kith and kin, secretary to Lucifer himself, what the <laughs> devil kind of knight are thou, that canst not slay a hedgehog with your naked ass? <laughs> The, t- the devil shits and your army eats. Thou shalt not, thou son of a whore, make subjects of Christian sons. We have no fear of your army. By land and by sea, we will battle with thee. Fuck thy mother. 
This is the first paragraph. Thou Babylonian scullion, Macedonian wheelwright, brewer of Jerusalem, goat fucker of Alexandria, swineherd of greater and lesser Egypt, pig of Armenia, Podolian thief, catamite of Tartary, hangman of camionettes, and fool of all the world and underworld, an idiot before God, grandson of the serpent, and the crick in our dick. Pig snout, mare's ass, slaughterhouse cur, unchristened brow, screw thine own mother. So, the Zaporozhians Cossacks declare, you lowlife, you won't even be herding pigs for the Christians. Now we'll conclude, for we don't know the date and don't own a calendar. The moon's in the sky, the year with the Lord, the day's the same over here as it is over there. Kiss our ass. <laughs> well done, Cossacks. Yeah, crushed it. Uh, that would have been so much fun to write. Yeah, it was actually really fun to read. I hadn't, I hadn't read the whole thing through, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> Just yeah, the key you read points. It very well. <laughs> I reckon I could. I should. Maybe I should do drama. Maybe I should quit my job and become an actor. Yeah, do it. Nope. Love getting paid. <laughs> uh, that was phenomenal. So good, tools. right? unfortunately they were crushed found to be false found to be a historical forgery due to sources (laughs) well Uh, apparently not written yeah there were some communications between the two groups at the time uh but then you know through various history things people uh exaggerated and etc 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 uh but Mm. whoever wrote it excellent set of insults yeah we've got away with words yeah like you can't slay a hedgehog with your naked ass like who even tries that (laughs) i don't think i can do that i'm gonna sit on you (laughs) 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 i know what to do (laughs) (sighs) what else did you learn on this topic lloyd or is that it um i don't have any more comebacks but i was just thinking if we're going to be doing savage comebacks in history i think we should mention those ukrainian soldiers on the arm on the, that island recently oh yeah you i i know it but it sounds like you know it better so um i think the russian warship said surrender immediately or you will be destroyed or something oh, yeah. like will fire yeah. upon you and the whole island will be destroyed yeah and there was like a few minutes silence and then the ukrainian soldier just came back and said fuck off <laughs> boots uh so good. they are some uh, yeah, brave, stoic. Yeah, badass. I have a couple of interesting things about Mark Twain. Um, Ooh, yeah, tell me all about him. I know very little about him except the four things that I read out a number of minutes ago. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to get too deep, so I picked out two things that I liked. Um, I found it interesting how he got his name, Mark Twain. His name is Samuel Clemens. Yeah, um, it's something to do with the boat, right? Exactly, yeah. He worked as a steamboat pilot, um, and as a pilot the term Twain is used instead of two. Mm. So when someone would call by the Mark Twain, they would mean the river depth was safe for the boat. So Mark Twain, by the Mark Twain. And he I just, thought it was kind of a cool yeah. thing for him to take. Yeah, he just thought it was um, thought it sounded cool. Yeah, although Samuel Clemens, also strong name. <laughs> like It's not a bad pen name either. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, my other thing about him is that Mark Twain was saved from drowning in the Mississippi River nine times. Nine? Yeah. 
Once is like, wow, you got so lucky. And nine times is like, stop going in the fucking river, Mark. (laughs) Damn it, Mark. (laughs) You can't swim. (laughs) Or was he saved nine times in the same incident? Like just immediately got up and ran back in. (laughs) God, someone tie that tie him down. Uh, That's yeah, that's dumb. Yeah, and uh, that's me. Cool. Uh, I'm going to finish off this uh, first segment with some more words and such. That's a good idea. Victorian slang. Not quite sure how I stumbled upon it looking for sick bends, but I did. And it's weird because we talked about Victorian stuff last episode. Yeah. So what Victorian slang did you discover in the course so much. of your strange research? I'm going to give you the Victorian slang for some of my favorites, and you're going to tell me what it means. Capiche? Oh, we're bringing back UCS tests. I love this. <laughs> we're bringing back guessing games. No, no one's ever done that before. What is it to do to bitch the pot? <laughs> To bitch the pot. <laughs> yep. Oh, God, it's, I don't know. Is that cleaning a, a cauldron? Oh, man, you're going too literal. It's to pour the tea, obviously. Oh, yeah, though. Ma, bitch the pot. <laughs> I'm going to say that from now on. Yeah, do it. Just going to bitch the pot. This is probably my favorite one. Uh, and I think it sounds more like it's said by Gen Zers today than a Victorian slang. <laughs> it is... What... <laughs> People can be described as, oh, that guy has got the morbs. Got the morbs. Uh, Is he down in the dumps? Yeah, it's temporary sadness. He's a bit depressed. He's just got the morbs. Oh, Rob's morbin again. Oh, straight morbin. Man, I am (laughs) morbin today. What would you be if you were tight as a boiled owl? Constipated. <laughs> it was great. Uh, nice drunk. Oh, Cupid's kettle drums, testicles. Cupid's. Uh, I mean, close, I guess. Uh, breasticles. Oh, breasts. Yeah. <laughs> Cupid's kettle drums, because you just need to be banging out a beat on those. <laughs> That's what always gets me going. <laughs> if you are smothering a parrot, <laughs> you're not killing a bird. That's a way to describe drinking absinthe neat, smothering a parrot. Wow. Which is quite cool. I liked that. Yeah. Those are all the things I learned about uh, historical savagery and words. Well worded, Robert. Thanks. Rob, what really gets you started? You know what really gets me started, Lloyd? Poorly written podcast segment intros. Don't get me don't started. Don't even Lloyd. get me started. Don't even. Don't even. Don't. don't. Now, Lloyd, as you've just heard, it is time for a genuine new segment. Yeah. I am I'm I'm excited by this one. Uh it's a great great idea of yours and um I'm I'm willing to be subject to it. Yep, the segment is called, uh, as you heard, Don't Get Us Started. This week, I will be trying to get Rob started by giving him three things that I think will infuriate him. So Lloyd has three attempts to get something that really riles me up. Uh, And if one of them gets me riled up, then he wins and I get riled up. There's there's, there's no prize. There's (laughs) just Rob gets angry and we move on. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but I'll get my chance to rally you up as well so everyone gets angry there will 
There will be Don't Get Lloyd started too. But this week is Don't Get Rob started, Rob, so I'm going to try and get you started with my right. first thing. I'm feeling pretty neutral, so I'm not, okay. I'm not, I'm not pre-started, if that helps. What, I, what I've done is pick things that get me started and hope that we're similar enough of a person that we agree. I think it's a good opening strategy for the first round. Yeah. So my first one is when you upload a resume to a website Ooh. and then are forced to re-enter all of that information <laughs> in a job application anyway. Uh, that is annoying. But I, so I'm, Partial I'm, rail? Partial rail, yeah. I'm, I'm, my bar is how angry I get about clickbait so far. Yeah, you so. laughed immediately. So. <laughs> yeah, I chuckled because that's, that's annoying. But um, I guess... Uh, haven't applied for enough jobs for it to be something that really shits me off, you know? Yep. All right. Lloyd, I Moving want on. you to really shit me off. <laughs> oh, I'm going to shit you, Rob. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, my second one. People in supermarkets who change their mind but leave frozen or refrigerated items on regular shelves. <laughs> uh, not, I'm not even giving you a partial rail for that. No, okay. All right, good does to that, know. Does that, My that, third one is... No, no, hold on, hold on. We've got to talk about it a little bit. That doesn't... That, that gets you started, does it? Uh, so I'm, it I'm, pisses me off. I'm, it's so arrogant. It's so I'm, obnoxious to me. It's like, you're not the main character of the universe. You can't just leave the frozen food on a shelf and it goes bad. Yeah, it's rude for sure. I definitely, I definitely once saw like a packet of raw chicken breast left on a supermarket shelf that was like leaking chicken juice. I was like, oh, come on. Ugh. <laughs> But Lord. I didn't get shitted off. So we're, we're up to... That's strike two, Lloyd. How you feeling? Well, I've left my, my strongest one for last. Okay, cool, cool. And it's, it's, a two, it's a two-parter. Ooh. So I'll start with the first part, <laughs> which sense. is when cigarette smokers just throw their cigarettes wherever they want on the floor. Yeah, that's pretty Pisses shit. me off. My second one is people who litter in nature when <gasps> on hikes, etc. Oh. Yeah, okay, I'm going to give you a rail. The, yeah. The, like, yeah. Come on. You're scum. Yeah. <laughs> Me? <laughs> yeah, you, right. Rob, specifically. You scum. <laughs> this isn't relevant to the segment. Just wanted to get that out You're there. Scum. Uh, yeah, that really sucks. Don't, don't be doing that. Nature is literally all we have left. Yeah, and you are a dreg of society if you yeah, do that. Like, just pick up your things. And, and go about your business. Don't leave them for, like, the turtles to get caught up in, you know? What do the turtles ever do to you? Yeah, yeah that riles All me right, up. well, I... Nice. Nice. <laughs> we did it. God, I'm sufficiently riled now. Tell me everything you learned this week, Lloyd, you motherfucker. <laughs> this week, Robert, I learned about the siege of Tenochtitlan. Oh, interesting pronunciation. It is Googled and probably still pronounced wrong. Ten, ten, osh, titlan. Ten, osh, yeah. titlan. I also Googled the pronunciation. I think I ended up with ten, osh, ten, osh, titlan. Ten, osh, ten, osh, titlan. Yeah. Tittyland. Uh, <laughs> so there is a very funny reason I bring this up, but I believe I should start with the history because it is Ooh, relatively interesting. Please do. So the fall of ten, osh, titlan uh, basically marked the fall of the aztec empire mm. to the spanish mm-hmm. um or more accurately the tlaxcalans which was another indigenous people of central america who hated the aztecs and actually made up most of the spanish army during the yeah. siege. hectic um 
and they not just numbers but they also had like geographic knowledge fighting tactics and translated a bunch of stuff um and they spent the next few hundred years completely allied with the spanish and were given money land noble titles servants and basically everything the aztecs had was just given to them mm. and there's still twenty three thousand people who speak it as a native tongue in central speak. america so ten uh, tenox clans language oh cool i don't know yeah um so the the spanish army was led by mr cortez mm. um fairly widely accepted to be a bit of a dick mm, conquistador uh, exactly uh, famously burnt his ships when they arrived just to let his men know that they weren't going home their only option was to <laughs> conquer um oh, also definitely seems like he murdered his wife when she showed up <laughs> oh, no. and surprised him and his tenox clan mistress um she spent the night like making fun of the natives uh-huh. and then in the morning she was dead with bruises on her neck and oh. he hated her so just like suspicious yeah great wording um, Defi- definitely seems like he murdered his wife <laughs> yeah i got a strong so suspicion. he was he was initially welcomed into the city of tenochtitlan which was like the Ten- tenochtitlan which was like the home <laughs> of the aztec rule you're really struggling through this <laughs> it's tough it's tough Mon- montezuma i think that one's okay montezuma uh-huh. uh was the aztec ruler believed him and this is a throwback rob to another episode oh, believed him to be the re- reincarnation of quetzalcoatl ah quetzalcoatl why do we talk about quetzalcoatlus is the ah. giant flying dinosaur yes yep and quetzalcoatl was the aztec god a giant feathered flying dinosaur winged serpent yeah yeah cool um so he thought he would it it lined up with a prophecy and they were like oh my god this is definitely god and cortez was like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. sounds about right then sacked to the city took montezuma hostage and manipulated him so he could rule the city Savage. um then during this time the spanish had been sending him letters they were like all right we actually don't want you in charge anymore uh you should come home and he was like nope fuck you i'm staying so the spanish sent another army also i got no boats (laughs) (laughs) sorry couldn't come home if i wanted to (laughs) so they sent another army cortez left the city to fight this new spanish army there was spanish Spanish army i don't my uh yeah conquistador history is not strong no, nor was mine before this. Um, <laughs> now it's still so isn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and he killed them, went back to the city, and they were in the middle of a rebellion where the men that he'd left in charge were being slaughtered and Cortez and his boys just boys. bailed. They were like, fuck this, we're out of here. Yeah, damn. Um, that's when they met up with the Tlaxclans. It sounds like you're saying the Tlaxclan. Clan, yeah. But it's I i don't know it's difficult um uh and that's when they began their plan to siege and take back the city uh they were helped because the aztecs took in a few wounded spanish Mm. thinking they were wounded but they were sick with smallpox and since the spanish army had acquired immunity from when it ravaged europe they were fine and the aztecs were pretty much decimated by it yeah um and cortez retook the city and montezuma was killed either by the spanish or maybe his own men pissed that he had let them in in the beginning and the aztec empire fell yeah but hectic time in history 
there is something very funny that happened. <laughs> there is. Tell me. Um, I, I will tell you the initial fact I read, and then there's three sources that Ooh. explain the fact. I was going to pick a bone with you about the fact, but you've read, you've done your reading, so carry on. <laughs> My bare minimum research. <laughs> so the fact, as it lies as a mainstream funny piece of history, is that they built a trebuchet and fired a shot at the Aztecs, and instead the shot went straight up and down and then destroyed the trebuchet. Such a great thing which to is, think about. <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah. Alas, there are some questions. About yeah, some gen- genuine historical accounts that make it less funny. God. Yeah. So in Cortez's own diary, um, he states that he built a trebuchet just to intimidate them into surrendering, which they didn't. And although it seems like they were kind of freaking out, they didn't surrender. They tried to fire it. It didn't work. So he just dismantled it and claimed that he was being benevolent by not using it. Um, there is some historians that say that Cortez was always kind of understated in his letters. So uh-huh. when he says failed, it could have completely been destroyed or, dis- or collapsed or whatever. So yeah, sure. There's some precedent that something funny could have happened. Um, Diaz del Castillo is a conquistador that fought with Cortez uh, and later a fairly famous published historian. Um, mm-hmm. He stated that the stone went up and down and just broke the arm that it landed on, basically, like broke broke the mechanism yeah. rather than like flying up in the air and destroying it. Yeah. Um, but looking at his later work, people described his histories as... Um, evoking and beautifully written which kind of makes me think that he embellished he, the name ma- of storytelling. he made up a bunch of stuff yeah damn it Castillo. Um, and then the most legitimate one in my opinion was by a fellow called Sah- sahagun <laughs> who was a missionary historian academic kind mm. of fella spent mm. 50 years studying aztec culture and their beliefs and their history yeah um, and his work studying the people who labeled him the first anthropologist his source seems to me to be the most actual academic. He said that the stone flew, but just like missed and fell well short and was just in general like kind of shit. Yeah. And I think it's because the they didn't actually have any artillerymen in the army. It was some people who had seen some carpenters had been in an army that had used them and were like, pretty sure we could recreate that. <laughs> <I reckon laughs> track we because that. they'd run out of gunpowder. So Cortez was like, all right, fine. If you can hurl some rocks at him, like, let's give it a crack. Indeed. Uh, yeah pretty hectic those were the same accounts that i read uh but i think i still like to think of it as self-destructive trebuchet and everyone's just a little bit like mm, damn it <laughs> yeah let's not put that in the diaries <laughs> yeah it failed and then they they conquered the aztecs and the aztecs their culture was basically wiped out so there's no like aztec version that was like you should have fucking seen it it was hilarious <laughs> that would be some great history Oh man, yeah, great, excellent picture. Thoroughly yeah, enjoyed. Uh, well, that, that's that's what I learned about the siege of Tenochtitlan mm. and Cortez and his terrible ways. Yeah, not a good dude. Nah, just the worst. What do you what do you got? You got any offshoots? Uh, so I learned that the Spanish force in the siege was like nine hundred Spaniards, eighty horses, and sixteen pieces of artillery that had run out of gunpowder. Uh, and like you said, he was assisted by this other group of indigenous peoples, the Tlaxcalan. Uh, and he could have had, like, during his whole campaign, it said, 
it was potentially assisted by like one or two hundred thousand people from this other tribe. Hmm. So there's a few conquistadors and a bunch of natives that hate the Aztecs. <laughs> yeah, I read that in this particular army at that during the siege there was sixteen thousand of them. Yeah. So it was like almost all Central American yeah. people. And then uh, yeah, the 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 Aztec population was devastated by smallpox. But it sounded like I read I read a little bit into it. it sounded like they put up a pretty decent fight. Uh, until they were too weakened by smallpox that they were overrun and surrendered. Uh, but despite mm. surrender, the hectic Tlaxcalans just carried on s- slaughtering innocent people because they just hated them so much. <laughs> yeah, there were so many accounts of just raw, unadulterated hatred for yeah. the Aztecs. So Cortes and the Conquistadors were like, great, we did it. Uh, all right, guys, guys, we did it. Uh, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> Continue, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, there's 16,000 of you. So you do what you want to do. Yeah. We're going to chill. It's crazy. Uh, and then the mm. other thing I learned was that modern day Mexico City is built over the ruins of Tenochtitlan. And you can go and see them. And I mean, I think we've talked about this before. Oh, I love a good set of ruins. Oh, so good. Yeah. I, I had a quick Google and it looks looks pretty dope. Ruins like in a capital city as well. So you can you don't have to go somewhere weird to find them. Like, yeah. ugh, some... It'd be, it'd be cool, really cool to see some Aztec ruins. So that's what I learned related to your fact. And then I was I was just reading about sieges. Nice. I have one more thing about the, the fact. Finish it off. Um, you had mentioned that you were surprised about Spanish infighting. Mm, and well, just because I didn't know. Bas- <laughs> basically, it was because while Cortes was sent by the Spanish government, once he started sending all of this unbelievable amount of treasure back, mm. a lot of the Spanish armies that then landed were not, in fact, armies, but were, um, like, sponsored groups of people by rich investors who were there right. just to turn a profit. So they didn't have any sort of, like, government backing or... Just a bunch of mercenaries. Right, which is why they were so violent and destructive, not only because they didn't have um, that leash of, like, a government yeah but also because they were competing with lots dozens of other armies that were trying to do the same thing yeah sure yeah damn uh so i was like sieges i wonder what the longest siege ever was mm-hmm. uh and upon reading briefly of course um apparently it was the siege of quet 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 Sweet, sweeter, cuter, cutie, the siege of cutie, cuda, C E U T A. I still don't know how to pronounce it, obviously. Uh, which is at some point in history, 1694, when Moroccan forces attacked the coastal Spanish held city of Cuta in northern Africa. It was well defended, well supplied, and could be reinforced by sea. And the siege lasted 26 years. Jesus. Can you imagine that? Uh, like, it was so long that the invade or the, the, the besieging forces cleared and cultivated the land around the city in order to supply their army. So they were farming outside Yeah, they could have had whole city. families. Yeah. It's a multi generational siege. It's unbelievable. It just seems so stupid. But, like, it's, it's, it's historical. It happened. Yeah. Uh, so 26 years, then the Spanish reinforcements finally helped break the siege in 1720. 
unfortunately, crazy. the city was then struck by plague and thus weakened, at which point the Moroccan army returned and resumed the siege for another six years. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this poor town. There's probably people living there. Just yeah, their just... whole lives. <laughs> their whole life is siege. Yeah, can you imagine? Oh, lordy. And so... Uh, the siege was only fully broken when the ruler of the Moroccan forces uh, died and their government collapsed. So everyone was like, all right, well, I guess I'm done here. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> everyone in the city's like, on your way. All for that, really? Yeah. <laughs> all we know is siege. Please come back. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to live without this. <laughs> I just want the constant danger. Yeah. Oh, so stupid. Uh, there was another brutally long siege. Uh, oh, there are a few sieges in the seven to ten year mark. One of them was when Rome attacked a Etruscan city called Vai or Vai, which was like ten miles from Rome, but not part of the Roman Empire. And it's recorded as having taken a full decade, uh, and was finally wow. finally ended in Roman favor by a full frontal assault. Full frontal, the full Monty. <laughs> All right, we're coming out. <laughs> It was ended by full frontal nudity. Uh, it was ended by a full frontal assault and tunneling under the walls, which I guess is a good way to get it sorted. Well, they uh, couldn't you... have done that 10 years ago. Yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> I just had this great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just attack the walls. Let's just go that way. A... Brilliant. <laughs> uh, and I, I wrote it down because you can still ruin... You can still ruin the visits. You can still visit the ruins of Vai near Rome, which is dope. <sighs> There's evidence from the Venetian state archives that the Venetians planned and prepared for an attempt to lift the siege by intentionally... So they didn't actually end up doing this, but there was a plan like ready to go uh, to intentionally infect the Ottoman soldiers with the plague by attacking them with a liquid made from the spleens and the bubos of plague victims mm. corpses and i was like i'm pretty sure i know what a spleen is what is a bubo but bubo is b-u-b-o-e and it is gross one of the symptoms of, one of the symptoms of the plague was like pussy swellings in the thigh neck groin and armpits and they were called bubos like bubonic the bubonic plague bubos oh. So it was a symptom of the plague, which is super gross. So they just like got a bunch of organs and bits of people's just like blended it up. Are we going to chuck it on them? I don't know. Sounds real gross. Yeah, it's really gross. And then I was like, I wonder if that is the first time. And apparently the first record of some kind of biological warfare is in 1347 when Mongol forces catapulted plague infested bodies over the walls of Kaffa which is now some city on the coast of Ukraine. Uh, and at that time, it was a Guyanese trade center. So they were besieging this place and they fired dead bodies with the plague over the side. That is so savage. So savage. Even worse, it's believed that this may be the reason that the plague kicked off in Europe. Guyanese trade ships from oh, the city God. carried the plague back to Italy uh, and then potentially started the Black Death, which for your fun... Uh, end of podcast it was four years of chaos in Europe that killed a third of the population and clocked up a kill count of 25 million people yeah so good on the dickhead that came up with that idea <sighs> the Mongols are probably Genghis 
Genghis. God, I always liked him, you know. <laughs> Good old, yeah, he he was he was well known to be a really nice guy. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame really. It's changed my opinion of him. <laughs> oh. That's all that's all the things we learned. Excellent. Indubly. Uh episode two in the bag. Lock it away. Locked, done. Swallowed the key. Can't get it out. <laughs> Until you poop it. Cheerio. <laughs> Uh, email us uh, ucspodcast at gmail.com we're on the socials hit us up this was fun Uh, yeah it was great Uh, and we will see y'all for episode 3 which to be honest if all goes to plan we'll have some we'll have some special guests or whatever don't even don't even trip it's gonna be great (laughs) don't even trip (laughs) y'all have a most excellent (laughs) alright just goodbye I'm done (laughs) cheerio (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.